Going through a divorce is daunting and can make you feel financially vulnerable. Ampla Finance can help. Unlike other loans, there's no need for any ongoing monthly repayments. You're only charged loan interest on the amount of money used to pay your solicitor's fees as your case progresses, and the easy-to-use online tool keeps you in full control throughout the process. Your loan is normally repaid in full when you reach settlement, so between now and then, you have peace of mind that the cost of your divorce won't impact your day-to-day -day needs. Ampla Finance puts you at the heart of everything they do and can help you to make the fresh start you're looking for. To find out more, click the link in the podcast description or visit www.amplifinance.com. Hello and welcome to the Smart Divorce Podcast. This podcast is for you if you're thinking of separating, already separated or going through divorce. My name is Tamsin Kane and I'm a Chartered Financial Planner. We'll speak to some fantastic specialists who can help you to get through your divorce, hopefully amicably, and start your new chapter positively. Now over to today's guest. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Smart Divorce Podcast. I'm joined today by Katie Welton-Dillon from Hull Brown uh, family lawyers and we're going to have a chat about some of the issues that have been coming up around um, children uh, of divorced couples and the arrangements. Thanks for joining me Katie. No problem, thanks for having me Tamsin. No problem at all. So the big news of the day um, started mm. with Michael Gove's announcement this morning. Do you want to run through yeah. what he said? Yeah so so just a, a kind of step back from that where it um, was unclear is that the government um, published some written advice um, to try and assist um, everyone. Um, and at, um, in a footnote, there was a little asterisk that said that under 18s could move between homes where applicable. Um, so it wasn't set out in this advice. And actually, this footnote caused more problems and particularly the use of the phrase where applicable because, you know, in, in in the current climate, what on earth does that mean? Um, so then Michael Gove um, was asked to clarify um, and obviously initially said um, to Good Morning Britain that the ch children shouldn't move between homes. Um, there was then a period of absolute chaos where everyone was panicking that they, they wouldn't see their children. Um, and then thankfully, um, he did clarify um, on BBC Breakfast and then he subsequently um, tweeted um, and apologised um, that he wasn't clear um, and so at the moment it has properly been confirmed that children can move between their two homes. Um, we're still kind of seeking some for some formal confirmation of it rather than a, a tweet or an interview and I anticipate that there might be something that comes out soon um, and we're also kind of pushing for CAFCAS, um, who are the court's advisors, um, as well to release something. They, they did release um, a document a couple of days ago um, just to try and help families. But obviously now it's out of date. So hopefully in due course, they, they will do that and that will that will help. But there is clarity now that children can move between homes and they, they should be um, um, where possible. Okay, so we have current rules that say that we're only allowed to leave our houses to 
go and get food or to go to work or non not any non-essential journeys. So if I'm living in Manchester and my ex is living in London, for example, this isn't the case, but just mm. let's uh, let's have a look at an example. What on earth would be the situation for a family in that position? Yeah, that, and that's such a difficult question because one, there isn't any guidance and two, this is like a completely unprecedented situation. So there isn't any tools that family lawyers can fall back on um, you know, there isn't any case law or legislation to help. Um, I think that that my view, um, and it's it's one I wish I didn't have, but I think when you read what um, the advice is from the government, as you just outlined, um, that if there is a significant distance um, between um, families, um, then I, I think that the, the arrangements couldn't continue, and certainly not if there was frequent visits. Um, I don't think that's the intention of the government that people are are travelling for that, particularly not on public transport. In my mind, that would not come under the very strict criteria of who should be using the the tubes and the trains. Um, And I know that's probably very difficult advice for for people to hear, but I think that's my view. And I I think the court may, may, may agree with that. Okay. And we were talking um, also just before we started recording about about some other difficult situations um, when uh, children normally have supervised visits. Do you want to just run through your thoughts on those? Yeah, that there are a whole host of reasons why people sometimes have supervised contact, um, obviously when there is a risk of harm, but sometimes it can be simply when there's been a, a quite a big break in um, a child not seeing a parent so someone is there to kind of assist those arrangements and um, the difficulty now is that those those supervisions um, contacts are either done at a contact centre which will now are now all closed um, or they're undertaken by an independent and um, professional person normally um, an independent social worker now obviously they're not going to want to they can't put themselves in that position now um, so sadly um, I think those people in those circumstances um, are going to face a period where they, they can't see their children. Um, and myself and my colleagues have been trying to look at other alternatives because we have a, a few cases where this is applicable, but it, it, there just doesn't seem to be um, a safe alternative at the moment, which is you know obviously very sad for the, for the child or the children and, and for the parents as well. Yeah, of course, it's not a it's not a nice position to be in. Yeah. And I guess if if there was someone in that position who felt that they were being uh, unfairly dealt with, mm. then there is there's little ways of recourse at the moment it, in terms yeah. of court procedures and so on, isn't there? Exactly. So if we if we had a situation, you know, where, where coronavirus wasn't happening at the moment and the 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 parent wasn't spending the child in accordance with an agreement or an order and if it was that an order was in place would be applying back to the court for enforcement Um, and the court's under a duty to deal with those applications quite quickly Um, and then in circumstances where there isn't an order in place we'd be advising um, the client to issue an application to obtain an order so that it didn't happen again 
but the court is under so much pressure. It was before this and it, and it is so even more now. Um, we were trying to still do hearings remotely. Um, but I think that given the volume of cases that are now going to be put before the court, particularly what we call public law cases, which is where the local authority is seeking to intervene in a family and potentially remove a child, um, they're obviously going to take priority. Um, and so sadly, these types of cases probably won't be dealt with with the urgency that they were before. And then when do, when things do get back to normal, the court's going to have a huge backlog. Um, so it's, it's really frustrating because, you know, as lawyers, we want to try and fix and provide solutions. And at the moment, it just feels like our hands are tied. Yeah, it's a, it's a, certainly a tricky situation. Mm. I'd wonder if you can just cover as well um, how you would suggest dealing with their handover in a situation where the parents do perhaps live a little bit closer together and are able to still share the care between them. How would you propose that they yes. go about the handover? I think that um, obviously it depends on what the circumstances are and whether there has been um, any issues between the parents, you know, for example, domestic violence, though there might be restrictions in place as to how handover can occur. If there, there hasn't been, um, then trying to utilise the home, but having um, having strict boundaries in place. So, you know, if you have a drive and, and the child's not a, an infant, then um, one parent parks at the end, the other stood at the door and the child just runs back. Um, so it avoids that interaction. Um, I think the the other option is if that you don't want the parents to come to your home. Um, the guidance from the government is that people can still exercise and ha and do that once per day. So it may be again if it's safe to do so that you utilise um, a, a park or you know a, a, a the car park at a park or something like that somewhere that is visible and safe, um, and use that as a as a handover location. Um, but it, you know it's far from ideal. Um, but people are going to have to be flexible and, and a bit creative as well. And again, if it's safe to do so, um, they're going to have to put whatever issues they've had before behind them um, and, and try and find a way forward for in, you know, in this very difficult situation. Yeah, and that, I think, leads us on to talking about making sure that if it is possible to make sure that both parents are, are still involved with the children at this time, then then you do need to um, yeah. kind of follow the order. You, you've had some experience um, where that's not necessarily happening. Yeah, exactly. I think at this time, you know, the children have been through so much recently. They're not going to school. They're not spending time with their grandparents, which, um, you know, is huge, can be hugely distressing to them. So the key then is to keep control and stability of what you can and one of those things is the arrangements for 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 their for their care. Um, so try to keep that stability. Um, if necessary, you know, do change the arrangements if it has to, but only only so that it assists the child moving forward. So if handovers are a problem, then try and look at blocks of time um, rather than um, more frequent handovers, so that you're only doing one or two a week. Um, but once you've agreed on something, stick to it and keep that stability for the child. Um, and it, it, sadly, um, I think in, in times when, you know, when there's a crisis, it either brings out the best in people or the worst. And we, we've seen that with 
you know, people hoarding toilet roll and everything else from supermarkets. But this this shouldn't be used as an excuse. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't say that lightly because I know that vast majority of parents won't do. But sadly, there are cases where there is a concern that people are. Um, and I understand that people are anxious and they're um, concerned. Um, but for the child, the most important thing is that you keep things as normal as you possibly can, um, you know, and keep that routine. Yeah, of course. And I'm, I assume that communication between the the um, divorced parents or separated parents is going to be absolutely vital at this point in time. Yeah, exactly. I think that everyone is is anxious um, about the situation. And I think when you have, uh, you, your child is going to spend time with the other parents and suddenly you're left at home on your own, um, you know, your, your mind's probably going in overdrive. So parents need to think about that. And, you know, if it's, again, if it's safe to do so and there are no restrictions, then, you know, a simple text or a little FaceTime just to reassure the other parent that they're, they're, they're fine. Um, you know, even if there's an order in place or you've got a, an agreement, you can still add to that. And I think if you can communicate and share information, talk about your concerns and then put things in place like more frequent FaceTimes just to keep that connection um, between the children and the parents and each other, then, then that's, those things are going to help. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if you are living a long way away or, you know, even yes. whether it's this country or, or in fact another country, you know, use of video calls and so on just to keep in contact does seem, it's not quite the same, but at least it's something. Yeah, exactly. It's still seeing that your child's, you know, healthy and well and they can talk about what they've been doing and it's just keeping that that connection because it'd be awful, that, you know, for children who who are cared a lot by grandparents as well, for, for them to have suddenly disappeared. <laughs> um, you know, it's really unsettling. So you need to not do that with their own parents. You need to keep that consistency and reassurance. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So at this time, is there anything else that we should be talking about? Um, I think we've we've kind of covered the main the main areas. I think that um, it, as you say, it's just the communication and resisting the urge to um, say, well, you know, I want to go to court because there isn't that there isn't that mechanism at the moment. So we need to look at um, communicating, and, and if you can't agree things between yourselves, then look at look for a lawyer who can help. Um, you know, we're doing quite a lot of um, round tables, but virtual ones. So, um, you know, everyone's on, on Zoom or whatever platform it may be. Um, and we're having those negotiations and discussions like we would at court. So there are still options. Um, but I think people have got to be quite sensible and, and understand that this is just completely unprecedented um, and um, just focus on supporting each other rather than um, causing even more difficulties um, at, at, the, at this time. Yeah, absolutely. And and obviously the good news for people who are living relatively close to their children is is that they can still share care, which is which is going to be really important for, exactly. for parents. So that's yeah, great. Because this morning was yeah, was there there was a, a, a big chunk of time this morning where everyone was understandably very concerned and um, following Michael Gove's initial advice. So 
thankfully we are not in that situation um, so yeah we'll, uh, we'll see have to keep everything under review yeah absolutely that's brilliant thank you so much for joining me this afternoon and updating us on the current situation and we'll see You're you soon Thanks. thank you Thank you for listening to the Smart Divorce podcast. If you'd like details of our guest today or of myself so you can get in touch, please check out the programme notes. Many thanks. See you again soon.